welcome to episode G of the Temple of Blair. It's yet another entry into our History of Roadrunner record series. This episode is with Gary Peppard of the band Jaguar. Now, Jaguar were one of the first signings to Roadrunner Records in the early 80s. They initially had their first album out on Neat Records, entitled Power Games, uh, and it was the follow-up this time that would be on Roadrunner Records. So, myself and Gary talk about the story of Jaguar's relationship with Roadrunner Records, some of the uh, ensuing activities of the band including the resurrection of Neat Records in the late 90s, various uh, navigation of licensing arrangements and, and things like that. It's a good chat. It's mentioned towards the end of this podcast where you can find all the Jaguar stuff, so I'll plug it up top just so everyone's aware. The YouTube channel for Jaguar is now like the centralised point where you can find everything, including all the records, uh, live footage, other information... Uh, basically, what Gary and the guys have done is, is backfilled the YouTube channel as the, the very much the, the encyclopedia entry for Jaguar in the lexicon of, of metal and music. So yeah, it's a great chat, and I appreciate Gary giving his time two weeks ago now. Anyway, nonetheless, you'll enjoy this one. One, two, fuck shit up! It's probably better than, than doing it by email, because it just takes such a long time you know with email questions going backwards and forwards so yeah. it's probably to, to kind of get it done in one hit like this so that's fine jim that's totally fine cool so, cool i, I kind of go for a, a dealer's choice anyway because it's, it's really it's everyone else's time that i'm borrowing you know what i mean i mean satan who are an, another road runner band they want to do it by email and it's good because mm-hmm. i can go back and forth and like investigate what they've been saying and, and it's been quite fruitful but at the same time just speaking to all the old road yes. runner bands as a whole is they're all informing each other pretty mm-hmm. aggressively. I just got off with um, Guido from Cyclone who passes on his regards. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I think I'll just contextualise yeah. the project. Um, yes, please. Because it's a weird, it's a weird ask. It's a very specific ask. It's not just like tell us about the early days. Tell us about a new wave of British heavy metal. So the, the I came into Roadrunner as a brand in 2005 and I was 16. Big metal guy, big heavy, heavy, heavy metal guy, metal core, hardcore and stuff like that. And I noticed that little logo in the bottom left. And that started to irk me that I didn't know a lot about it. And I realized that the story of Roadrunner um, hasn't really been told um, outside of liner notes to great hits and things like that. So I thought I'll have a stab and that's it. No, no endorsement from anyone, no... Um, no other mm-hmm. reason other than to gather the information as the people that were responsible for it start leaving us and forgetting <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my way of giving you license to completely shit on the on road running if you need to or sing their praises. I've had a few uh, people sort of ask if they can be candid, and I was like, dude, it's it's no one's on trial. Everyone gets the yeah. ve- the right of veto before it goes out. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I have thought about. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the word. Not truthful. That's not the word. Honest, I guess, would be more of an appropriate word. How honest should I be? <laughs> I guess that's probably what everyone said to you. Mm. Oh, well, even honest, that's not the word either. I, I don't know. But you know, I'll I will be as honest in in terms of you know what I rem- remember. Oh, in God, terms yeah. of you know how, how it was 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, the big yeah. ask is the fact that it was nearly 40 years ago for a lot of the people I've been talking to. Quite, yes. Yeah. 80, yeah, 84, yeah, for us. Yeah. 1984, yeah, 85. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right, I'm going to jump into it. I've got 10 questions, but obviously we'll go down rabbit holes as we see fit, and they'll probably so, start answering yeah. themselves after a while. <clears throat> I, so, I actually like Jim, actually. Cool, man. Um, Jaguar. I find it yeah. hilariously ironic that the opening track to, to, to uh, Power Games is Dutch Connection, given um, yeah. that you end up on Roadrunner, which is a Dutch label. Was that... <laughs> this is less of a question about Roadrunner, just, just I think it was mm. quite funny. But you've, mm. you've recently cited... I say recently, you've always talked about Holland being like it was almost the first home for the band. That's did right, that yes, have, absolutely. Did, did that have... Did, did that inform Roadrunner in any way, or is it just a complete fluke, the fact that you ended up on Roadrunner, which was... Obviously, within 50 um, miles of where Dynamo yeah. plugs and all that stuff. Well, I mean, our first, um, okay, I mean, our first contact with Roadrunner, if well, not our contact, but in terms of the band's contact, uh, was through Power through Power Games. So this is, you know, and this was obviously before, I guess, kind of two years before we kind of signed with Roadrunner. Um, mm. It was with Power Games, and and we, we we kind of had involvement with them because they were they were they were distributing uh, neat neat yeah. records, of course. Yeah. Uh, who we were with with uh, Power Games, they were distributing Neat's stuff in well in Holland. I don't know if maybe I think the Benelux countries. Is Absolutely, that was their cool. first foothold. It was right. very much like that Case was... going, he had like 20 years of experience within uh, working for Polygram and he basically broke away from them when the, the disco bubble burst and said, all right, guys, mm. to the world, I'm going to do the heavy lifting. Give me your weirdest shit and I will mm. distribute that mm. to the weirdest people within Benelux. And that was kind of, that was how yeah. he got his foot in the door. You talk about Case Vessels. Correct, yeah. Ah, yes, yeah, and he was kind of, I, I say he was our man, but I actually never met the guy, I must admit, okay. I never met him, but he was a person who signed us and stuff, um, yeah. which is weird, considering we never met him, um, but yes, yeah, so our first involvement with Roadrunner when it was as distributor for Neat's uh, stuff uh, in the Benelux countries, mm -hmm. um, and I mean, other than that, we had no contact with them. It was just simply, you know, on the back of the album sleeve, it said, you know, distributed by Roadrunner, sure. various other distributors in Europe. So that was it really. And it really, um, I suppose at that time, this was 1983. Yes, yes. 83 Power Games came out. So yep. um, we were aware of them, of course, aware of the label and the fact of their distribution. But I mean, other than that, that was it at the time. Cool. Um, and, um, so that that was our kind of first contact with Neat. Ah, uh, Neat. So, oh my God, I, I try. I'm speaking Portuguese. I'm sorry, I get confused. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I meant sorry, not the scuba. Um, yeah. So our first con very first contact, eighty three. So it was eighty three, just as distributors uh, for the Neat stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do, do you do you want to know about how we kind of came in contact with them properly, as it were? It, or, yeah. Sorry, what was again? Ask me okay. again. The question was, the Dutch Connection, the song, was that ah, written about right. the, the, Holland's love for the band? I and see. was there a link there between um, the contact with Roadrunner? Or is that just pure no. coincidence? Cool. Yes. Total coincidence. 
I mean that that I mean yes we wrote it because um, you know Holland was the first country that really took us to heart and stuff which again was kind of almost a fluke um, you know because we were kind of slogging around England and wherever playing pubs and all kinds of things to not you know, depending where it was but not a great amount of interest um, but the Holland thing kind of came again as a, as a fluke it was we, we, we kind of we did a demo tape you know in those days um, this was not 1980 81 just a demo tape to to sell at gigs and and we I, I remember we kind of naively sent um like a, a photograph and a, and a letter to sounds you know the, remember the music paper sounds yeah that yep. was going at the time saying oh hi you know we're jaguar and we've got a demo tape out and would if you, if you would mention it that would be really nice and they kind of they did you know they published the picture and the the little kind of write up in the address to get the tape which was my, my mum and dad's address at the time and it, it kind of went from there and so for some kind of strange reason there's some D Dutch kind of fans or they weren't fans of the band but kind of bought it and it kind of snowballed really just from this sounds kind of n kind of innocent little letter we sent um so you know in, in terms of Dutch connection now it's nothing to do with Road, Road Runner. it was simply cool. as our tribute to our Dutch fans because you know we went from playing in in UK pubs to kind of going to Holland to you know crazy fantastic fans and yeah. we were like my god you know we're completely shocked by this uh and, and it was amazing and you know we got, got so many dutch friends and, and it still remains true now you know when we go to holland it's brilliant it's fantastic it's like coming home yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah but so no nothing to do with roadrunner at that point just a delightful coincidence yes it's a life yeah, rolling nice. out yeah I love yeah. when stuff like that happens. Oh. Yes. So um, you start mm. out on Neat Records, um, which I need to look into because it's just up the road from, mm. well, the, the stomping ground was just up the road from me. And um, yes. there's yes. a close relationship with Roadrunner and Neat for the reasons you've, you've said, mostly distribution yeah. related. But a lot yes. of bands mm. seem to, there's quite an incestuous relationship. I know Satan are, by rights of geography, should have been a Neat Records yeah. band, but they ended up being Roadrunner. Yes. It, things You're like right. that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Neat was primarily a northeastern yeah. uh, English um, thing, because I mean, there were odd bands like us. I mean, obviously we're from from Bristol, right in the south, but a lot of the bands were were kind of local bands, weren't they? Raven, yeah, yeah. Fist, Tigers, like you said, uh, Satan maybe Venom. should have been. Yeah, Venom, yes, of course. And, you know, at that time, when we recorded Power Games, Kronos, uh, or Conrad, his real name, he was the tape op, the tape operator at, at, at um, Impulse Studios, which is the, was the studio owned by Dave Wood. So their in-house pl yes, place exactly. where it all happened. It was the factory. It was the metal yeah. factory. It, it, it was at the time, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was kind of um, a northeastern phenomenon, I guess you, you might call it. Um but yes, so um, but as I say, it was, yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? You, could we say, could we say, kind of, New Wobbin was kind of a northeastern uh, English thing, or it seems it seems to know. be that that way? Yeah. And, and this is this isn't an area of my expertise. It's just like an anecdotal thing that I've spotted as I'm going through this. It yes. just it seems to all originate from up there. Um, yes, yes. But my question was going to be, um, with that all in mind. 
how did you transition from Neat to Roadrunner? And what did Roadrunner offer that Neat weren't? Or I guess there is a story there, and I'm maybe assuming maybe Roadrunner was offering something they weren't. But yeah. it's your story to tell. Well, I'll, I'll try and make this as kind of brief as possible. But yes, there is a story. And it's, cool. it's, it's kind of an interesting story. I'll try and make it as short as possible. Um, this was in, so in 1983. Um, we um, we did a de- basically did a demo. We kind of got to that point. And um, as you probably know, we, uh, <laughs> we kind of changed our style um, completely from, from power games. I don't have you ever heard any of this time with the album we did on Red Yeah, I was I was gonna. Um, I've heard of the controversy, but I, I wasn't born at the time, and I kind of got into music oh on on that kind of like American yes. sound. So to me, it was really. It, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but it was fresh to hear that kind of that sound, that kind of yeah, mid '80s um, radio sound, but with the DNA being straight british heavy metal that's what yeah to me the through line and the dna was crystal clear it gave it a fresh vibe for me when i was doing my homework yes um so we kind of basically we kind of did this a demo in bristol where we were kind of almost in a kind of changing from being this kind of uh you know the, the power games sound to this time and it was i don't know it was kind of in between the two but we did this demo uh, with the with a couple of the songs on it that ended up on this time, um, because we thought, okay, we kind of reached this point. We need to let's try and get another deal. We we needed another record deal. We wanted out with Nee. I mean, we didn't really have a longer term deal with Nee anyway. It's kind of right. just as we went along. But we were we thought, well, look, we let's try and get a uh, let's try and help the band. You know, just try and give ourselves a leg up. That you know that was really all. So we do a demo, see if we can get a new deal, see what we can do. Um, and, and interestingly, from this one demo, uh, you know, looking back on it, basically from one this one demo, it's just a two-track, six, uh, two-song, sixteen-track demo. Mm-hmm. We ended up with being offered three record deals. Oh, sweet! Uh, Roadrunner was one of them, and we ended up doing a, a, a radio one session for Tommy Vance. Tommy Vance, oh, sweet rock show. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird that something can just suddenly open these doors before. We're kind of like, you know, knocking on the doors and suddenly you just do a demo and stuff kind of comes to you. Um, yeah. But so we got offered uh, Music for Nations. Um, they offered us a deal. Uh, another label who I don't think lasted very long called Zebra Records. Okay, I've they, not heard of those ones. No, you probably find a little bit about them, I guess. But um, they offered us a deal. And, and Roadrunner. Um, now, the reason Roadrunner, the only reason probably that we ended up on Roadrunner was that this demo tape that we did, you know, we sent loads out, uh, and the, our demo tape, t- demo tape ended up on the desk of a guy called Doug Smith, who was Motorhead's manager. Uh-huh. Okay, right. So, uh, and he managed before that. I think he managed Hawkwind, probably. Mm. Hence, Lemmy connection. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, our, our, our demo tape just was sitting on his desk, and, <clears throat> and basically, what happened was he called me up. You know, out of the blue, it just my phone went, and it's like, hi, oh, yeah, this is Doug here, Doug Smith. Oh, you know, it's like, oh my God, I knew who he was, you know. And he's like, he said, listen, I've got um, Case Vessels here uh, in my office uh, from Rogue Runner, uh, and he's very interested in signing the band. And I'm like, really? Um, he said, look, come up, come up to London, and and we will talk about it. Uh, and that's basically what happened. And Doug said to me. He said, well, Case was there in, the company was called Greybray. 
it was basically uh, it was kind of motorheads management, but at the time they managed um, a motorhead girls' school, tank, yep. um, and, and Thor. Do you remember the guy Thor? He used to did, did you see um, hot water bottles? <laughs> did you see his film? He did a horror film. Did he really? I, yeah. I haven't seen. That. I'll, I'll send. Yeah. I'll send you uh, if we're talking about the same Thor, which I, I can't imagine. There's too many Thors. Yeah. Um, big blonde bloke. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll send nice you everything. Oh, nice. totally. The, the, it was the, the film itself is pretty. It's sort of uh, revered as like the big silly bad films of the eighties. But um, yeah, right, I'll send you some yeah. stuff on it. It is yeah, compelling. Um, but yes. So coincidentally, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, our demo tape was on Doug Smith's desk, and we went up to see him, and he and he just said, he said, you know, Case was here talking about whatever something else. And he said, he just looked round uh, on my desk, saw, he said, he, he, he pointed to a Jaguar demo tape, and he said, he said, he said to me, get me that band. I want that band. <laughs> this is what Doug told us. And we're like, whoa. And so it kind of went from there. So, yeah. you know, we talked and, and it was, it certainly at the time we felt it was a step up for us mm-hmm. because the deal included uh, management with great with Motorhead's management company, okay, and it seemed perfect, you know. Um, what was the neat deal lacking, or was it just uh, fizzling out? Was it coming to the end of its term? Um, probably a bit of everything, Jim. Okay. Probably mainly, uh, fu- you know, funds, you know, because you know we we um I've told this story many times, but Power Games was recorded from so from from nothing to complete it in five days mm-hmm. um which was a is a joke really five days to make a record from nothing mm-hmm. um and we you know i remember i asked dave, dave wood the other night, and i said look dave we need more time uh, and he said well what do you want to do he said what do you want to do go on a fishing holiday <laughs> and you know it's like do you want to go on a fishing holiday what's the matter with you and so you know no <laughs> was the answer there um, I've told that story many times. So no, we and we had no more time to do it. So we and you know even looking back, you know we could have made Power Games so much better with more time. It's a joke. Five days, you know. It's uh, interesting how King Diamond's, oh sorry, Merciful Fates mm-hmm. experience with their yeah. at the time is exactly the same. They did a version yeah. of um, uh, Christ. What's the first album called? What's wrong with me? The first Merciful Fate album, whatever it's called, um, the EP that supported it, they got it smashed out in two days, courtesy of whoever. I don't think it was Neat. It was Rave On no, Records. They, they were... Rave ah, On. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Off the mm. back of a BBC performance, and um, that's one of the things right. they said about Roadrunner, which was, oh, they seem to give a bit more of a toss about the craft, and they gave us a bit more time, yeah. and we get to develop, and yeah. It's, yes. So it's similar. Yeah. It's interesting how the the. The supply or the demand which was there from the band seemed to be supplied, perhaps from Roadrunner. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, you need to get to that part of the story. I don't know if Roadrunner is giving you more yeah. time than uh, the neat. But. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there was no kind of no. In terms of of you know budget, album recording budget, uh, and, and things, there there was no no comparison. No comparison. Uh, you know, they were giving us much more time. Uh, you know, a week of pre-production, for example, which we did, and I think we probably did it in about three and a half weeks, maybe cool. four weeks. But again, pretty quick, of course. But 
But even so, um, quite luxurious, if you like, in terms of time. So much, much more time. It just the whole thing was better. You know, the management uh, became part of the deal as well. Uh, and publishing as well. You know, publishing deal with Motor Music. So it was, it was like just fantastic. You know, we couldn't turn that down. Um, so we were in a kind of, you know, at, at that point, uh, you know, before we started the recording and stuff, we were all full of hope. It was like wonderful, brilliant. You know, this could be our big chance. You know, our big, yeah, big sure. opportunity. Uh, so, um, but th there is a kind of amusing story here. Um, so, Case uh, obviously uh, didn't listen to the demo tape. Put it like that. Okay. <laughs> so, so he, he, you know, they came up with the money and everything was all cool. But he basically he did not know. Uh, or did not realize that we'd kind of changed our style. <laughs> to cut right. a long story short, halfway through the recording, he showed up and said, okay, quite reasonably, I want to hear what you're doing. You know, we're spending his money. Uh, you know, and fair enough, he he, um, he wanted to hear what we've done. And so we were told, oh, oh guys, you know, go around the pub. Uh, you know, let, you know, so it's just... The guy who was producing it said, I'll, I'll deal with him. Just go around the pub for a few hours and come back. So we did that. We we, we, come, we came back from the pub to the studio, and we were the guy was freaking out. He oh, said, no. oh, my God, it's off. Everything is off. We're like, what? What, what do you mean? Um, he said, Case, hit the roof. He was expecting Power Games 2, and what he got was, you know, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, kind of, um, yeah, like you said, kind of American rock, whatever we were doing. Well, we had this kind of crazy idea of trying to marry kind of Def Leppard, U2, and all this kind of, I don't know what we were doing, really. But, of course, so he hit the roof, and he, he pulled the plug on it halfway through. Uh, and we were like, oh, my God, you know. What, mm. but he obviously didn't do any research in terms of what we were actually doing. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of went back to the, the place we were staying in London, uh, all bit, you know, kind of dejected, really. Uh, I think, was, I don't know if it's the next day or maybe the day after, we got the call through, apparently, basically saying, okay, it's all right, guys. Case said, it's back on. It's all back on. <laughs> uh, now, whether it's because they didn't want to waste the money they'd spent so far or... Um, maybe he'd listened to some Death Leopard and thought, well, maybe. Yeah, I, I, but it was, I mean, looking back on it, that's, it was funny. Uh, sure. You know, kind of funny, but not at the time. We were kind of, de you know, we were really upset. But anyway, it was all back on, so we carried on, and, you know, we, we kind of finished it, uh, gave it, handed it over to Roadrunner, uh, and, and, you know, we got this, the word back saying, you know, Sorry, I, I don't know if you heard that. They're parrots, wild parrots here. That's awesome. The gardens. Yeah, they, honestly, <laughs> the, the noise they make, though. And I mean, parrots here, hummingbirds. Fantastic. I'm worried about a two-year-old walking in. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I digress. But yeah, so hummingbirds and parrots and all kinds of things. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was all back on. We completed it, handed it over to Roadrunner. Uh, we got the, the kind of the, the message back. Yes, that actually they've. Now they've heard it and all of this, uh, they really like it and they're really going to get behind it. Okay, and this is where uh, all, it all kind of starts to go wrong. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, basically, you know, they, they kind of, Roadrunner promised a lot, but didn't basically deliver. 
Um, I'm going to interject here with my with a yeah, question. Yeah, please, please. So yes. I've, based on the conversation I've had so far, I've got a working model of a standard Roadrunner deal at the time because uh, I yeah. want to set up what they don't deliver on. Um, so mm -hmm. shout out where I'm wrong. So yeah. the, the deal typically is for six to seven al albums with an option after the second. Um, I it was I, I mean yes I guess you're right but pretty much option on the second yes yes you're right there was correct, correct. all IP and copyrights and publishing is retained by Roadrunner yes as they still do in terms of this time anyway yeah yeah yep. yep. um, the 360 deal before 360 deals um, no guaranteed tour support so they usually would come in and say we're going to put you on the road a lot but they wouldn't write it into yes. a contract. My theory is because Merciful Fate was brought on tour with Manowar in England in 84, and it was an absolute shit show, and no one made any money off it, and in fact, they would have lost a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about par for the course, Jim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last, last but not least, uh, $5,000 advance for the first record. Usually it doesn't move beyond $5,000 or, say, three and a half, four grand in UK money. Let me think. From memory, I think it was nine thousand US. Uh, from memory, cool. Yeah, it was certainly more than five. Um, yeah. Rock and roll. Certainly, because we kept we kept some of the the budget left over to buy equipment. Uh, mm. And you know, one of the things about with being with Motorhead Management is that we could go up to the Marshall factory uh, in Milton Keynes, for example, mm. and choose our are, are that at, yeah, at kind of cost price too. Mm. Um, but yeah, from memory, I, I thought I might be wrong. You know, it was a long time ago, but I thought it was less than ten, and I, I seem to remember it's about nine. That's cool. You know? That's cool. Yeah, it was certainly more than five though, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, are there any details mm -hmm. I'm missing out there? Um, well, I mean, no, I would agree with what you said. Only in terms of kind of touring as such uh, you know we didn't even get that far you know um a classic example they came in and said oh okay how do you fancy a tour of canada with nazareth uh who are pretty popular in canada always yep. were we're like yeah we're up for that okay you know we'll we'll work on it and stuff and then nothing nothing okay. happened uh <laughs> so I mean, so there was that. I mean, at the you know, we we did a British tour with Google School, uh, but that was not through Roadrunner. That was through management, you know, because mm. we're all on the same management company. Um, and I, an even kind of stupider thing they did, a sillier thing is they the two of the songs from from the album they got Jimmy Miller. Do you remember Jimmy Miller, who was the uh, the old Rolling a guy called Jimmy Miller? He was the old Rolling Stones producer. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, he's dead now. But he, if you look at like. Sticky Fingers, uh, Goat Said Sue, all of the classic Stones early 70s albums, he produced them, co-produced them. Sure. And, you know, a legend kind of thing. They mm. basically got Jimmy Miller to uh, remix two songs, so the title track this time and another tune, and they got Jimmy Miller to remix these two songs, uh, which, are, you know, were great. You know, I, I thought, actually thought Jimmy Miller really improved you know his his remixes were great and it was like yeah we're going to do this we're going to put it out as a 12 inch single what happened Ooh, nothing surprise surprise <laughs> uh, nothing happened again so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so these were the, the, the two main disappointments that stick in my mind were these two, you know, the, right. the Canadian tour with Nazareth. And, and, the, and spending, again, you know, spend paying Jimmy Miller to do this and then just doing nothing with it. Leaving oh, it on the shelf. It was kind of, yeah, exactly. It was kind of pointless, really. You know, why? why is it... Is it? I'm seeing that. I'm seeing a lot of Hanlon's razor in um, the story of Roadrunner, which mm. is. I don't think mm. there's a lot of malice in what they're doing. They're not sat in a high, an ivory tower trying to screw bands over. But yeah, there is sure. a level of incompetence which uh, mm. you wouldn't mm. expect from a, a an industry veteran of I think by that point about 20 years. This yeah, is the case yeah. I'm talking about. Do you remember yes, who was yeah. who else was at the office for that one, or who else was dealing at Roadrunner? Yeah. I oh, Jim, I honestly can't remember. Um, I only remember Case. There, yeah, there may have been other people. Uh, just, I guess it was still done through Doug. I guess <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. But yeah, but yes, exactly right. Exactly. That's why we didn't have kind of direct contact with with, with the label. Yes, exactly. It went mm. through Doug, you know, which was their job. So um, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the kind of two main disappointments, and we just we just got more and more disillusioned, mm. uh, waiting, 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 waiting all the time, and, and you know, you know, anyone's going to get fed up in that situation. You know? Yeah, I mean, fair dues to them; they did push the album. I believe I'm just looking at the the discogs for it now. They definitely got mm. Europe, US, Canada. I believe there might be yeah, some sure. pressure in there somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it came out on um, in Attic, Attic Records in Canada. You yeah. know, Attic. Um, I think probably Anvil were on Attic first yes. of all. Yeah, decent label. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got no. Uh, I know it came out. I've got a cassette actually of the Attic, um, the Attic version uh, of the album. But yeah, yeah, it, it, they, it did come out. Yes, of course it did. In terms of yeah, I got no problem with that. It's just. You know, I mean, the, 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 the thing was, Jim, at the time, you know, we, in terms of reviews, if we talk about reviews briefly, mm. we, unfortunately, we lost all of our kind of, you know, the original, the kind of the, the pre-thrash type fans, if you like, you know, mm -hmm. the fans of, of power games and stuff, you know, we, in looking back, we, you know, we made a kind of a hell of a mistake, if you like, we're just completely naive. We never thought, you know, changing our style would, would if you like, would be, I don't know, we'll kind of kill it for us in one way. Um, mm. Because, but when we, we kind of changed our style, there was no, you know, people have said to me over the years, ah, oh, you know, you, the classic, you sold out for the money. Mm. Uh, I say, well, money, you know, yeah, yeah. you're not making any money. Um, and, and it wasn't, that, that wasn't the case at all. There was no cynical, let's be more chart friendly, you know, mm. type thing. And there was none of that. We were just simply like, um, I don't know, 22 years old, and we, we, we just simply, I think by accident, um, kind of wrote a more melodic song, and mm. it was a much better song. And it was like, whoa, wow. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it was simply like that, naive, you know, young kids. Whoa, my God, what have we done here? Is a, there's a song, it's got a hook. Yeah, it's yeah. got a chord. Wow, we love this. And all we, we just wanted to do more of it. That was all. There was no great plan, mm. you know. It you can't account happened. for people, though, can you? 
No, and, and, and I've explained this to people that, you know, and there was no sellout, no, nothing. It was, this is what it was, a bunch of kids having fun. Um, so how did, um, so once we get to the time when the album's out and yeah, you're getting yeah. sort of mixed communication yeah, um, yeah. from the label, how how does it fizzle out? And you didn't get to the second album, the option. So did you have to buy out the, the, the contract? Was What's that the story yeah. there? There's another funny story coming up, Jim. Funny Can't story. Wait. There's always a drama with Jaguar, or there was. There was always mm-hmm. a bus. But, but just quickly, I would say one thing, another. Another thing that Roadrunner did not do was capitalise on the great reviews the record was getting. You know, Kerrang! magazine, uh, at the time, they gave it a brilliant review. It was a fantastic review. And, you know, we, we kind of shoved it in their face. Look, do something with it. You know, uh, but they didn't. But, you know, so they, you know, it was getting with good reviews all over and mm. they did nothing with it. Um, but th- what happened was, so it, it kind of just... You know, we we got fed up with it, and in the end, we said to management, "Look, this is ridiculous. There, you know, we're we're kind of still writing songs, and but you know, Rogue Runner just doing nothing, messing us about. So, uh, <laughs> stupidly, as many many people have told me, we decided we want out of the Rogue Runner deal. We want out. We don't want to be with them anymore. They've done nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to find another label. Um, so, um, Grey Bray Management Company reluctantly went back to them. And said, look, the, guy, the band's not happy, you know, you, you know, they, they want out the deal. Uh, but then basically what happened, Roadrunner came back and said, no, we want to do another album. So they wanted to exercise that option. Yep. Um, much to our surprise, I must admit, we thought they'd probably go, yeah, best if we, you know, psh, go our separate yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're expecting. But they kept coming back saying, no, 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 you know, uh, we want to do another record. And, you know, the, the stupid thing was the more we complained and said we want to leave, they kept upping the budget. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, um, not on paper, of course, just telling you over the phone. Yes, well, exactly. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah you know, uh, as is a, a gentleman's arrangement, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a kind of a, a, a very strange situation. Again, you know, the more we complained, no, okay, well, what, let's put the budget up. And they were like, so, well, we can get this producer in. We, let's talk to this person. Let's talk to that person. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, maybe we made a mistake there. Uh, you know, I don't know. Hindsight. Yeah. It, I, as part of this, because this is a project of trying to understand how Roadrunner came to be, because there's, there's, there's a lot of small, like, levels that fizzle out. There's a lot of massive conglomerates that kind of have no personality. Roadrunner sits in the middle. So I, I kind of try and my yeah. mindset is yeah. always, what's the why because i work in a, in, a, in a corporation as well so there's, there's always a strategic reason for everything yes uh it's at least i like to think so at, at yes least. so in my head i'm like do you think that maybe they were predicting that kind of sound that mm-hmm. aor sound being in vogue and then they could time it just right and it's just like yeah were they maybe thinking well let's think strategically who's coming out in the next two years we don't want to start an album cycle mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. But upping the budget is a bit, it feels like they were threatened mm. because maybe there was an emerging scene in it and maybe they're, mm. uh, as is sometimes the case with um, <clears throat> the Roadrunner bands, they end up shopping around and they get better in, uh, better deals and sometimes Roadrunner loses bands to these deals. Yes, yes. But yes. obviously it's, it's. Mm. I feel like we're, hit, we're hitting a crescendo with these budget increases and all the promises and it's all about to yes. collapse, isn't it, Gary? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, basically what happened was, so, you know, we carried on saying, no, no, no. 
uh, and it, we we kind of we reached another stalemate, I suppose. Uh, and you know, basically, what happened was um, uh, we kind of came up with this plan. Us and and uh, Doug, Doug and stuff. We came up with this plan. Uh, let's convince Roadrunner that we'd gone. We or we we'd gone disco. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not lying. Uh, and the the next record would be a disco album. And um, at that point, they said. Fair enough. Okay, and they let us go. <laughs> right, great. That's that's um, a, yeah. It's the first time that um, I've heard of a band like actually playing them, as opposed to um, yeah, sort of letting right. it fizzle out and getting angry. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that that's the truth. You know, no word of a lie. We we, we <laughs> kind of said yeah yeah. The in the, the management like yeah. Case, I'm sorry. They you know they they're going disco, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they obviously believed uh, Doug. And yeah, and that's kind of when we, we kind of went our separate ways then. But, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of, of Jagger, you know, we made, a, you know, we made a lot of mistakes in, 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 in those early days. I think things could have been very different for us. Um, but, you know, hey, that, that's life. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we, we kind of got out of Roadrun and we had no more, um, no more contact with them after that, obviously. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that was it, really. Um, and our, so our, our, our relationship with Roadrunner ended at that point. Does it feel? How do you feel about it now in hindsight? Because you obviously got you got dicked about a bit, but at the same time, Roadrunner went on to be what mm. it became. And yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm. yeah. How do you feel about it now? Are we at peace with it, or do you think this was the dirty dealings of the day? It was, or maybe it was just they were promising the world and they couldn't deliver. It was naive of them, as opposed yeah. to you guys. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose if I bothered to think about it seriously, I'm probably, I'm probably still a bit annoyed <laughs> about yeah, sure. it. If I, you know, I, I certainly don't spend, you know, time. Oh, you know, oh god, kind of, yeah. Oh my god, and you know, if I've had a few beers, I don't start kind of getting upset about it. But mm. you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm. But there's a, there was other things that other choices that the band could have made and we made the wrong one with different mm. people who wanted to be involved with us and we didn't go with them. Um, it's just another one, maybe uh, uh, the, the wrong decision. I, I, I don't know, but you know, I, I I don't know, Jim. It's just that's it, I got to live with it and that's that, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, it's I think I, it, it's a good it's a good approach to have because a lot of people come away from this kind of con- this conversation going, you know, horror stories to the left success stories to the right and some people in the middle going i either don't think about it is what it is and i made a lot of friends on the way and that's what matters and at the same time is sometimes i think yeah the worst thing that happened here was burn time because Mm -hmm. when you've got momentum it's hard Mm -hmm. to replicate that i mean just i'm actually going to quote roadrunners a and r guy in the 90s uh, monty connor he thinks Mm -hmm. that bands from the moment they are um formed and incepted it's five years of shit in gold and then you're in like either an institution phase where you, you're like a, a household name or you're kind of hanging on to obscurity and maybe you'll come back. But it's that five years yeah. that's critical. Yeah. And when yeah. the label that's associating itself with your band and therefore your brand is burning that time, that's where mm. not the bitterness comes in, but it's like it, I'll resent because that's a personal thing. But it, it's where we, we can, as, as good, honest British people, can calculate the lack mm. of value and we can calculate yeah. the loss even yes. if it's not too, as I say, bitter or personal, it's Hanlon's yes. razor, as I say. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. You, I mean, you can't let it, you, you can't let it mess up your life as such, can you? Yeah. Uh, as, um, you know, people have told, you know, many people told me about the road run. You know, you, you, you what? You know, you, you, you left road running. You, 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 what were you guys thinking of? Mm. Yeah, I go. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, maybe. You know, most bands would have been, you know, would have given anything to have been in your position, and you were telling them no. Yeah, I know. I. Know. <laughs> I mean, not at the time. I mean, at that time was it was a viable. It had mm-hmm. viable. Um, it cr- had credibility. I mean, well, I wasn't born then. I'm, I'm, this is everything. This is all secondary <laughs> sources and conjecture. But. I mean, they had a few good flagship, flagship acts, but they hadn't even hit the top 200 in uh, the Billboard 200 in the States. None of their acts did until 86, mm. 87. So yes. it was really, a, it was still a scrappy game back then. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, easy yeah. in hindsight to say, why, how did this happen? But, it, you know, it's yeah. at, at the time it was... Uh, yeah, it was I, I, I mean, yeah, this was obviously in the pre, um, uh, pre-Slipknot, um, Nickelback, Etc. Etc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the label were, was was much much smaller then, and, and had a much uh, lower profile. I mean, actually, to be fair to Roadrunner, I mean, you know, the the the, the kind of Sepultura, you know, who who are here are, are, are gods, you know, the, the Brazilian yeah. band. I mean, they signed Sepultura. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in fact, Monty Connor, it was it was that was his name on it, Monty Connor. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was on TV here uh, a little while ago. It was a, a, a sepulchral documentary on an, yet another one, and he yeah. was on there, and it was very, it's really interesting. Um, but you know, I, I think they kind of took a real chance on Sepultura. Um, yep. You know, come down here and sign them. You know, he I heard them. Oh, yeah, he'd heard them, but he'd not seen them, and so he right, was going in yeah, blind. Yeah. yeah, and it's in, there's when I'm doing my write up on this, I think the Sepultura story is going to have a, a hard right turn in the whole narrative mm. because Scott Burns, a producer Beneath the Remains, which yeah. is the Roadrunner yes, uh, debut, yes, that started amazing. Florida death metal. It's, it's another yeah, whole yeah. thing. It's just like yes. that moment in Brazil is is yeah. the genesis for so many other weird things. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where that's where yeah. it, all came, it all started, really, for Roadrunner. Yeah. Yes, I guess so, yeah. You mean bigger success, you mean, kind of started? Yeah, it, yeah to quantifiably bigger success and, yeah, an influence, I guess. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mm. now that we're sort of closing out the road and relationship with Jaguar. How are things yeah. now? I notice it seems. I think the only thing that's on Spotify is Power Games. Yes, that's right. You're quite obviously, right. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, that's that is a point actually because you've got um, uh, the follow-up was on Roadrunner, but the follow-up to that was on Neat again. Was it Neat Metal? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're quite, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Um, why are we only getting? Why are we only getting one album then? This is the question. I, I understand Roadrunner because they'll still have the the rights. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you mean you, you talk about Spotify? Why is there only one specific, album? Specifically Spotify, because I'm just thinking yeah. if I was if I was in any any mostly prolific band, it doesn't matter what the story yeah. was, I'd be like, ah, oh, I remember those days. Yeah, it's bang on Spotify, so people can enjoy it on their own terms. Um, obviously, there's obstacles yeah. to that mostly ip related but i'm wondering mm. why neat have got power games on there and they've got a third album which i'm, I'm un- if i'm understanding correctly neat records and neat metal will have been the same people but a resurrected version in fact it was the reunion the reunion album that i'm talking about yeah yeah wake me um that's it yeah yeah neat, yeah what well, i'm basically jess cox the lead singer of tigers 
Tiger's a yep. Tang, Jess. I don't know if you maybe you've spoken to Jeff, uh, Jess, but he basically he bought Neat out. Yep. So he bought Neat from Dave Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dave was retiring or whatever. This was about, this must have been about 97, probably. Mm. Uh, so he bought Neat Lock, Stock and Barrel, renamed it Neat Metal, mm-hmm. and obviously started re release. You know, I suppose that was kind of coinciding, well, with this because obviously neat stuff first time around was was kind of vinyl only and so yep. basically jess was kind of re-releasing the their their brilliant catalog of course uh, on cd and uh I, I i he kind of came to me it was in like 98 saying mm. telling me what he was going to do and did i want to be involved so yeah you know you know gave me photographs and stuff for, for the re-release and so he kind of bought it and renamed it neat metal uh, mm. and and put it out and you know he put out Power Games was, I think Power Games previous to that was possibly released in Japan, on a label called Pony Canyon, but I don't think it was released, uh, certainly in Europe. Uh, and so we put that out, and you know it was it was doing okay. And, and Jess kind of came back and said, "Do you want to do another album?" And okay. you know that that's kind of how we went back with me, if you like, uh, mm-hmm. simply through through Jess. Uh, but I mean, the albums that we've done, you know, that one, kind of since then, we've, we, we, I think every album's been on a different label, actually. Mm. Uh, interestingly, um, which they have, you know, the one after that, Run Ragged, was um, on uh, Angel Air. If you've heard of Angel Air, um, I've not heard of Angel uh, Air. Then the last one, Metal X, which we put out in 2014. Yeah, was on a, a German label, uh, well, Golden Core, ZYX, who are kind of right. a big German kind of, actually, interestingly, a big disco label, kind ah. of dance label in Germany. But you finally did have, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> Case would be, I'm not sure, pleased to to know or interested to know that yes, we finally did go disco. But they had a metal arm called Golden Core. It's still in existence. Mm. I mean, do put out stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of we keep popping up with different places. I guess my, um, my angle was kind of like, where's is, is there? Because you guys are obviously active, like on 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 the social media, like on on YouTube and things like that. You're very yes, still present. Yes. Yeah. My question is kind of why isn't there a unified? Why isn't there a centralized place we can listen to all the music? Is it mm-hmm. is it is it down to a licensing thing? Um, um yeah, pretty much I, exactly ownership. If you like, I mean, we've got our own. Uh, it's my wife actually. <laughs> she does that. She's right. done. She's she. We kind of relaunched the band's YouTube channel, and pretty mm-hmm. much everything's available on there. Um, Doesn't no one have any spot- issue with that? Yeah. Because if you have the is it if you have the album on YouTube, surely Roadrunner mm-hmm. or Neat could come on and go, "Hang about Gary, come on, mate." Yes, they could. You're quite right. Uh, but nobody thus far, nobody has. Good lad. <laughs> so, I'll, t- I'll tell you a slight aside. <laughs> um, I, I did a. <laughs> Just because, just, just because I want to meet this experience with my experience. Because when I was writing this, I was, um, yeah. I got to 1987 when Roadrunner opened up in US and they created a few imprints. One of which was called Hawker Records, um, okay. and that dealt with primarily hardcore records. It was very short-lived, but I thought it was kind of a, a good poignant story. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to celebrate it by doing like a live stream or something, listening to all the songs and the albums because there yes. weren't many. Just getting hammered yeah. and talking about it. Um, so I thought, well, yeah. how do I do this safely? Because there's been a lot of controversy mm. about 
music online uh, over the summer since the pandemic because everyone's yes, taken to Twitch to play music and there's a lot of yeah. fear mongering about copyright takedowns and things like that. So I yeah, thought, yeah. all right, Roadrunner, Hawker owned by Roadrunner, Roadrunner owned by uh, Warner, Warner's licensing arm, Rhino. I need to contact Rhino. Drop an email saying, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Just a bit mm. of a laugh. How do I license out these songs for just a night or something like that? Mm. They came back and said, don't know what you're talking about. Have 10% off our shop. So like, uh, all right. <laughs> so wow. I think there's a to, to, yeah. to your activity. I reckon there's a lot that flies under the radar that no one really, yeah, no one I mean, just enough to chase. I mean, not only that, Jim, most of all we've done is kind of, pulled it together i mean everything we've ever done is we've been on youtube anyway you know yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not like it wasn't there i mean all we've yeah. done is tried to kind of make it not official but at least in the same place centralized to an extent yes. yeah yeah exactly cool. and, and lyrics you know we made a mm. point of making sure the lyrics were there as well just mm. trying to give anyone fans whatever a better experience mm. um but yeah, I mean, I certainly, I, I hear what you're saying there. I mean, as regards Spotify, I mean, we've only just recently, since maybe maybe four or five weeks ago, kind of created a, you know, took control. Um, because interestingly, someone else had control, which I find rather odd, of our artist Spotify account. Um, and when we kind of went to Spotify saying, hello, you know, um, we, this, we, is you know this is us. And they said, oh, no, 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 someone else controls that. And we're like, what? You know, mm. really? Because, you know, and so, you know, they, we had to prove to Spotify what our um, our right was for the right. Spotify Jaguar channel, if you like, whatever. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, you know, gave them the facts and they went, yeah, that's fair enough. It's yours. So we've kind of, our, our Spotify account, we kind of gained control of. Mm. Um, but we have since gone you know, that's the first thing we, as you just said, was we said to ourselves, well, where's all of our other stuff? And why isn't it there? And they told us that we we can't, because of copyright, I, mm -hmm. I can't just say, here it is, let's get it up there. Yeah. So, short story, kind of short, you know, if we want this time up there, it has to come from Roadrunner. They have to do it. They, Spotify will not accept it from me, unfortunately. Yeah. We have tried. That's a shame. Yeah, it, it gets to a point though where the, the returns will be diminishing. Mm. That's the problem with that kind of thing. Yes, yes. Which is a shame, Quite. but um, yeah. When I was speaking to <clears throat> Guido from Cyclone early to earlier yeah. this evening, we were having the same conversation, and he was mm. saying, "Well, in in where we are in Belgium, it's actually legal to have rights in uh, perpetuity. So, um, especially if the right belongs to someone who isn't the author." So that's yes. the route they're going down. I don't know what the case would be in Brazil or where yeah. the songs would legally be, perhaps the Netherlands, mm. given the timing. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But I, I find, again, yeah. I'm, I'm dull. I could be asking about, like, what was it like backstage at in, you know, Dynamo and things like that, but I'm outside yeah. going, licensing's fun, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I think that... Uh, interestingly... Uh, so go sorry, on. I was just saying, Power Games, yet again... I mean, I, I, it has come out here in Brazil about, again, about four or five weeks ago, a, a Brazilian label here, Rock Brigade Records. They got a magazine as well, actually. Um, they put it out. You know, they, of course, um, it's like Neat has been sold on and sold on. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, so it's Jess. 
sold it to Universal, right. UMG, the Universal Mu Music Group, and they have, I don't, I assume they've sold it. The rights now are held by BMG. Mm -hmm. um, BMG Rights Management, or whatever they call themselves, um, wasn't RCA part of BMG? I don't know, but it's sure. BMG. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, I've I've seen Power Games. We released. I mean, I don't know, four or five times in the last few years. You know, how many times can you keep really releasing the same album? You know, it's just, mm. you know, wonder, it, it came out. You know, yeah, I, I find if it's doing it in a way, I doubt it's 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 clearly not responding to a particular cultural movement because I bet yeah. there's no alignment there. Maybe it's just. Mm. At some points, every couple of decades, it's like okay, it's cheap to now throw out as many CDs mm, yeah. as possible. So they just hit the button, yeah. and then the the, yeah, yeah, the catch yeah. opens up, and they grab everything and throw it. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That. It's a good question. Um, yeah, um, I mean, certainly three three times on CD. It was released um, as a, a, a vinyl. Uh, well, they're not exclusively vinyl. High Roller Records. I don't know if you've ever heard of High Roller. I've the German it, yeah. label. Yep. They put Power Games out on vinyl uh, only maybe two months ago mm. um, in, in Europe there. But but they're a great little label, High Roller. You know, I know them really well. They came to me and said they were going to do it. And they, they kind of done it in, in a range of like colored vinyl. Um, and they they do such a great job. You know, I, I'm always happy to work with them. You know, I gave them photographs that hadn't been seen and all sorts of stuff. But they, they did a, a, a limited edition Dutch flag <laughs> vinyl. And people went mad for it, you know. There's people on Facebook going, look, you know, look what came in the post today, like yeah. Dutch, you know, Dutch flag yeah. vinyl. I mean, what a, what a great idea. Yeah, know? man. If it keeps mm -hmm. it alive, it keeps it alive. And I think that's yes, important. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I tend to close out with um, comments like this. I, I've got, mm -hmm. Three more questions, not related to Roadrunner. Um, yeah, but please. I, I think please it, is, it is worth kind of saying I, what I really want out of life at the minute is, uh, because we're talking about something that happened 40 years ago, I'd like today, yeah. in, a, in a world where there's no pandemic, to be four mm. 65, 70-year-old blokes in a pub just going, oh, you like Judas Priest? Oh, I like Iron Man. Should we start a band? And for some reason, there's a, a band of 75-year-olds that come out with an absolute blitzer of an album. Because I think... Yeah. Everyone thinks it's a young man's game, and I'm like, yeah. The, the yeah. more I see of these these Roadrunner bands, it's it's always band formed 1980, band split up 1985, band reformed 1987, 1991, and then there's always 2017 to present. Mm. Everyone's everyone's sort of the stakes are lower now. It's no, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a young man's game anymore. Everyone can just have fun. <laughs> That's yes. what I, that yeah. seems to be the thing today. Yeah, yeah, I, you're you're right. I mean, it's virtually every new album band there ever was is kind of back together in some some form or another mm. there aren't many if you if if you think about the names that were around maybe the first time that aren't there anymore um mm. and yeah we're all older now and you know there, there are lots of these other band members that they're good friends you know it's just kind of fun really that's too um, short to Exactly. That kind of stuff is too much fun. Yeah, the the ego bullshit. You know, who needs that? You know, it's mm. kind of. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, so you know, in terms of what what do we want now? You mean in what what do we you know? The I band? just think it's. I'm just trying to. I'm just really just driving a narrative yeah. on the on the 
on the way that again because we've been talking about runner and there's, there's a there's a mm. kind of like um, uh, how do i how do i how do i describe it? it it seems as the business practices back then versus the stakes back then for the bands yes. versus right, today yeah. which yeah. is it, like the buyers have gone down everyone knows there's no money either because no yeah, one spends I, any money or no yeah. one pays you any money yeah, yeah so yeah. The, yeah. We, we seem to be hitting a point now where everyone's just they're ready to have fun but at the same yeah, time yeah. there's yeah. an oversaturation of bands as well um yes. because everyone's realized that so it's kind yeah. of yeah. made everything better but it's 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 decentralized any idea of a scene mm. and it's cool and i guess that's what i'm trying to do with this it's trying to make connections and have conversations and and, mm. and um trying to find a route for my ear to go to the ground so i know what's yes. going on and yeah, I think yeah. it's just. I yeah. think it's it's really good to see the old guard coming back. Mm, so mm. I appreciate you know Jaguar coming back in the capacity they have, mm. Satan coming back, all of them and Cyclone mm. come back as well. I mm. think it needs to happen, and it need, it's better for the community for that for that to to take place. Everyone got yeah. fucked by Roadrunner, so therefore everyone's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're right. I mean now it's 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 more like more of a community, isn't it? You know, I mean you know we. Particularly, you know, in every, mainland Europe, you know, kind of people, the, the kind of move, new Wobber movement, if you like. I mean, it was really kind of quite brief in, mm. in, in its day, but people still seem to really actually love the kind of movement. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, I am, I'm grateful, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm surprised all these years later that there are so many people that kind of, almost still live and breathe new album you know it's interesting um, isn't it? it it's amazing yeah. yeah it's really awesome and you know we often see the same we you know if we play in europe or whatever you know we we, we often see the same people they're, they're friends you know it's they become our friends uh you know we always i always make a beeline for, for these people uh and you know it's great it's a real community you know yeah, man. yeah free of pretty much free of bullshit egos and all of that it doesn't matter anymore you know we're all a bunch of old farts you know <laughs> it doesn't matter mm. so that's one thing that's really changed for the better of course like yeah, you yeah. said because you know, like you said what's at stake what's at risk mm. very little because it turns of, out you know yes yeah, so what you know it's just to have a bit of fun what has anyone got to lose you know why it's not? an analogy. I say it's an analogy. My example is I don't like Velvet Revolver as much as I like Slash's solo stuff. And I thought, and when I thought about it, it was because the stakes were so high with Velvet Revolver because it was kind of a sequel yeah. band. So there was yes. an expectation there that it wasn't going to meet. I mean, they're still great. It's just it'll never, it'll never fit the profile I gave it. But I love Slash's yeah. solo stuff because the stakes are lower. He's just having yeah. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lower. I say lower expectations, but lower stakes for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it, I don't know. Things just all of the the kind of the lot of those kind of stupid things just are not important anymore. It really doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Uh, That's what makes it exciting. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, we, we. I mean, unfortunately, the virus has come along and kind of really kicked everything in, uh, you know, into touch at the moment. But you know, mm. we should do more. You know, as a band, that we should do more. You know, I mean, the last album now was, was four years ago. You know, we make Boston look prolific. 
you know, in terms <laughs> of how quickly <laughs> they used to like take 10 years, didn't they, between yeah, yeah, yeah. every album. And I think, oh, I, no, I think, oh, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we kind of think about it for a couple of years and then. <laughs> Have you considered um, just doing a remote thing? Or are you kind of in in the uh, the mindset of it has to be a jammed? If you were to if you just like commit to a new album or EP, could you do yeah. it from Brazil, or could you, would you have to get everyone in the room for the whole process? Yeah, I yeah, for me, yes, yeah. yeah, we've thought about that. You know, like you say, people are doing that now. Mm. Uh, I I don't really, I'm not really interested in doing that, to be honest. Mm. Um, I my wife, well, she's a drummer, so I suppose I could. We could be in the same room together here. Actually, drums, but um, but no, Jim. I, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we're, you know, when we we go back to Europe, you know, we're not staying here in Brazil forever. Uh, you know, we, you know, I'm, we're, you know, we're gonna, we're planning to pick the band up, you know, properly. Uh, not, yeah. I mean, that's great if you want to do that, fine. But I'm not really bothered to be yeah. honest. All or nothing. It's I'm the quiet taste. Or, <laughs> uh, for me all right uh, so let, let's yes, bring it, yeah sorry go ahead sorry yeah no, sorry um let's bring this ship in last yeah. three okay um approaching halloween these are random by the way that that's uh, okay. completely out, out of context uh heading into halloween have you mm-hmm. ever seen a ghost or had a paranormal activity which is uh story worthy no cool um, well actually sorry Yes, one quick story. Um, a ghost dog. I forgot about the ghost. <laughs> that's that's I, what the ghost dog wanted you to do. It wanted you to forget. Well, I, you know, I even now I I stand by this. Basically, I was writing. I was still. Um, I was visiting my mum in Bristol at the time, living in Gloucestershire, and I was driving home at night as I'd made that trip many many times. Kind of a not not particularly a country lo- road, but it was a you know a kind of mainish road with lights. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I swear I would swear on a Bible here, just driving along, and suddenly there was a, a dog, you know, quite a big dog, just stood there in front of me, and you know, it was so vivid. I I held the steering wheel, I closed my eyes, I rem- I closed my eyes, waiting for, I don't know, a bang, you know, this right. bang, because it, it it was a big dog, it was just yeah. there, and I couldn't get out of the way. Mm. I closed my eyes, and waited for. I don't know, bang, whatever, yeah. it didn't come. And, you know, I brought the car to a screeching halt. Mm. No dog anywhere. And, you know, I, I don't believe that dog could have got out of the way. No. I know it's a silly story, but I, I, there was no sign, there was no dog. I spent quite a long time there. These and things I, sometimes stick with you, don't they? I, I'm not, I, I want, you know, I haven't been drinking hand taking drugs <laughs> it's as clear as day and i i just thought i closed my eyes and waited for a bang yeah. and uh, nothing until this day in fact you know what i did jim after that the, the where it happened i spent again quite a while on the net looking for the the ghost dog of i can't remember the name of the place but but it's see if there was any mention of a like, ghost like dog. the beast of bodmin moor yes. that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly right. I spent some time trying to find some trace of a ghost dog. Yeah. Nothing. So yes, that's the one. <laughs> I'm collecting them all. Everyone I'm speaking to, there's got to yeah. be more than um, yeah, yeah, ghost dogs. No yeah, humans, man. just. <laughs> um, 
in the spirit of keeping the community uh, sort of alive and trying to work through the mud of finding good new music, mm. um, I'm starting uh, to to do like a bit of a section on the podcast just called Tape Trading, where you can tell me about a local band that deserves more attention on your side, mm. and I'll tell you about a local band that I think deserves more attention over to you. So yeah. is, there, is there anyone around you that, that's a local, a local small act that you think deserves all the likes on Facebook and everyone needs to listen to this band? Um, well, they're not a local band, but a band who should have been massive were Raven. Oh, yeah? Uh, for example, yeah, Raven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are, even now, I love Raven. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, it, in a way, I think maybe, you know, it should have been, they should have been Metallica. Metallica should have been Raven in a way. Mm. Um, certainly Raven deserved much, much more success. Uh, than than they've had because they're just a phenomenal band. Are they still um, going, Raven? Yeah, very much so, Jim. They put out an album, Rock City, not long ago, maybe four or five uh, weeks ago, and it really it's really kicking. You know, it's real. It really rocks. Um, make a point to listen to Raven. Yeah, I do. They're such a great band. I mean, they're a local band for you, maybe, or I, I don't know. Where are you? Where are you there? Where yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in Leeds, so I'm I'm on the A1. Uh, Okay, Leeds, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I think of it, local, kind of Bristol. Bristol, although we were from Bristol, Bristol's not really like a rock city as such, you know? Um, not massively. It was, I mean, that, yeah, Bristol was more like, you know, Massive Attack, uh, you know, the Portishead, that kind mm-hmm. of trip hop, the so-called Bristol sound, as they call yep. it. Bristol was never really a, a rock city as such. Onslaught are pretty good, you know, from Bristol. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I'm trying to think. I'm desperately trying to think quickly. That's <laughs> uh, all right. No of, pressure. Of, 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 of bands. Like I can give lo- you mine while, while you think if you want. Yeah, please. Please do. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, a band near me called Dream Troll. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't gauge the rate. I mean, even though we're in the information age, I haven't really, like... I, I don't, I'm not bothered about them personally. I'm, I'm just liking the music really good. Um, yeah, yeah. But they kind of brand themselves keeping the new wave of British heavy metal feel alive. That's how yeah. they branded themselves. But I don't believe, I think they're a bit too new school for it. But I appreciate the mm-hmm. sentiment and it does rock. And there are, there are, there are feet in the camp of, of um, new wave, mm-hmm. but it's, it's yeah, something yeah. different. But it's really compelling and really good shit. So Dream yeah. Troll is my selection for you to listen Oi. to. Yeah, and I'll, I'll send you some as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm always, yeah, always looking for new stuff to listen to. Um, but I, I suppose I do have to confess that I, 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 in some ways, I think my my clock, musical clock, stopped uh, on <laughs> December the thirty first, nineteen seventy nine, or maybe even sixty nine. You know, I do spend a lot of time listening to older stuff. I must admit. Mm. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and rather than new stuff, there is actually a, a band. They're not they're kind of not a metal band. They're called Crippled Black Phoenix. Crippled uh, Black Phoenix. Yes, they're. How can you describe it? They're, there's it kind of uh, like Sisters of Mercy vibe in some of their songs. The mission. Right. They're, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, and the guitar player Andy Andy Taylor. He's a real top. He's a top top guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, so say that was electric wizard, iron monkey, teeth of lions, rule the divine, uh, post rock experimental rock. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they kind of call it a sort of soundtrack. Yeah, no, it stuff. stacks up to soundtrack. your Sisters of Mercy comparison to me. Yeah. yeah. It's been noted. Um, I will be checking these out. Yeah, they're really good. Um, their album they just bought is pretty cool. Uh, awesome. Definitely been play, playing that down here. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, there's some there's some good Brazilian bands as well here, you know. Um, I, I Really, Jim, to be quite honest, I'm, I'm an old... I'm probably an old punk, to be honest, really. An old punk at heart. Yeah. You know, I, I love metal, but I... I Punk is probably my first love. Yeah. To be honest. if I was really, really, you know, hands up, probably I'm an old punk, really. Mm. For me, mm. I, I couldn't live without the Ramones and uh, even the, the Exploited. You know, they're still going. They're such a great band. I just love, you know, I, I think I, I have to. It's the law to play. Uh, never mind the bollocks. At least once a week. You know. <laughs> hey, you want to check out the um, the little sub episode I did on Hawker Records because the story of that yeah. that that imprint culminates in a like a showcase show at CBGB's, yeah. which is like now sort of revered oh, yeah. as like a legendary hardcore show. Obviously, yes. hardcore isn't punk, but there is like a strong DNA lineage there. Mm. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's very cool. Mm. Tape yeah. trading. I'm, I'll make sure to listen to Raven and Cripple uh, Black Phoenix as a yeah, Raven deserve it. You know, and John Gallagher, the bass player who. He's such a great guy too, you know. He's really active on Facebook, and you know we talk all the time. And you know, with the fans as well, you know, he's really, you know, it kind of. I don't know, talking to the fans all the time. You know, for me that's important. You know, I I, I do that as much as I can. Someone contact me. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll you know, fans sometimes you know contact me, and I, I'm happy to talk to them. You know, I, I'll just talk to them like like a friend. You know, yeah, uh, and, and that's important. I always have. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and, and down here I made so many friends as well in Brazil. You know, lots of musicians, and there's a there's this in. I, I live quite close to uh, Sao Paulo, which is a okay. huge city. Yeah. And um, there's a, a basically a shopping mall. If you can imagine a kind of a shopping mall, and um, it, it's I think about maybe five or six stories, but the the kind of top three stories of this are is simply all metal stores little metal kind of shops awesome. uh, it's just shopping mall you can imagine a shopping mall with small kind of small little stores in and it's yeah, all yeah, yeah. it's it's still surviving mm. uh, you know that this would not survive in 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 probably in europe but and it's great you know we we go there on a saturday sometimes i come you know i, I mean you know friends with all of the, the like the store owners and stuff and it's great i love going there we're gonna mm. go next weekend planning to um and but i just love seeing these guys you know great fun yeah. hey yeah. man go in there with some dream troll let them know about yeah. dream troll oh yeah i will I'll, I'll, I'll send some over I guess, I guess there's stuff on youtube jim is there yeah there's, there's bits of on youtube bit on spotify uh i think their main output is okay. kind of Bandcamp. that seems to be the standard these days because it right. gives the artist yeah. more control but yeah i'll, I'll fire some links yeah. over to you um, yeah great last, yeah, last but Great. not least um anything that you'd like to plug we've talked about everything being uh, on youtube is there anything in spe- uh, specifically you want uh, people to pay attention to well you know plug it yeah i mean if if people want to check out the band please go to our youtube channel uh plug 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 that um because we we've spent uh, quite a lot of time doing that in the last couple of months 
we've tried to make it as accurate as possible, you know, with, as I said, the lyrics we've got there, you can listen to the tunes, um, and also, you know, the facts about it, about the recording, you know, where it was recorded and, and things like that. Just information. So rather than going elsewhere, please go to our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, if ever anyone is uh, well, watching this uh, in Brazil, then go and buy, go and buy Power Games. Uh, <laughs> not. I might make some money. I doubt it. Uh, but we put out um, we put out another album here actually as well before that a live album, um, the Holiday T or Holiday T Two album. That's out here as well. So plug, plug, plug. Um, cool. Yes. So yeah, um, that. I mean, yeah. I don't know, and hopefully we will return. Hopefully, uh, yeah. we'll rise again, assuming we're not too old. <laughs> what are you doing in Brazil anyway at the, at the minute? Because I, th I was thinking, oh, oh Jaguar based in Bristol. This will be easy. We can put our feet book, uh, up, have a cup of tea, watch Ant and Deck. But all right, crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, what, 5.30 down yeah. by uh, where you are. So what, yeah, what, what took you to cool. Brazil in the first place? Uh, well, my wife, basically. Yeah, oh, she's, she's, yeah, I mean... Um, She's Brazilian, yeah. We've been married uh, three years now. Um, yeah, so um, she, we were living in the UK. We we um, living in Bridgewater actually. We've got a house in Bridgewater in Somerset, uh, and um, we we kind of we decided to come back and spend some time here. Uh, I wanted to see Brazil, you know. I wanted to spend some time here. Uh, I'd never been to South America before, uh, and so this kind of coincided with her uh, being at university. So mm. she's studying at uni. And so, you know, we're going to be around until, you know, till she finishes her studies there, gets her degree. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to think, you know, make, make a move, I guess, uh, you know, at that point. But at the moment, I'm just, you know, happy to check out um, Brazil. Uh, and, and she's at uni. So it, it kind of works all working out, you know. But, right. but yeah. Um, but unfortunately for the band, it means kind of the band, in terms of actually getting together in a room, uh, mm. you know, it's all nice at the moment uh mm. really Jim, to be honest you know trying to keep the flame going trying to keep the flag burning and you know putting out the albums here talking to you you know doing yeah. doing bits and pieces uh, just to try and keep it ticking over really um cool. but yeah but of course the damn coronavirus has come along anyway so even if we were you know in a room our our options are limited anyway yeah you know, Hey man, yeah. the best we but can do at the time being is just keep talking and keep yes, keep, the, exactly. keep that fire burning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep the flame going, Jim. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, keep trying to keep the name alive. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, but yes. So that that's why I'm here. Sweet. That was just a personal curiosity of mine. But um, yeah. no, thanks very much for your time, mate. You've been very, very generous. I was hoping to keep it about 40 minutes, but we've um, oh, worked down some rabbit holes. Oh. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Jim. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, oh, thanks, no man. problem at all. Uh, we...